They say trust the process, and so you buy in. You do your research. You know your plan. You've got everything ready to roll, and you buy in. You go, but all the promises, all the expectations, not quite there. Now what? You're in. You're in deep. How do you make it work? Trust the process. Roger Brzezenko, next. Heat is on. Let's get cooking. This is Purpose Under Pressure, brought to you by the Ruby Group Sandler Sales Training, serving sales professionals nationwide from their Akron and Columbus, Ohio locations, also in Jacksonville, Florida. They are one of the highest performing Sandler Sales Training affiliates in the nation, and they will make a difference for you and for your team. Please do check them out online at therubygroup.sandler.com. Also, real quick note, we've been doing this for two seasons now. We're in our third season of Purpose Under Pressure. Folks, if you like this show, would you follow it or maybe even give it a rating wherever you listen to it and it's on Spotify or you watch it on YouTube, wherever you get it. Um, It allows other people to see that it's worth watching if you think so. So uh, we've done this quite a while. If you're still there, maybe it is worth a follow. And I'd appreciate it if you do that. I think there's people that would like to be motivated as well and might not know it's there. And so let's do that together. All right. Welcome to the show. And I'm excited for our guest today because I've known Roger for about as long as he's owned his business, which is about a year or two or so. And I knew from the very beginning that he was going to be a guest in the show. And I knew from the very beginning that he was under pressure and that he was going to uh, succeed on purpose. And and he is. And I'm excited for you to meet him. He's Roger Brzenko. He is the owner of Houndstown in Brunswick. I love Houndstown. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Roger, purpose, and pressure. But first, Roger, welcome to the show. Brian, I appreciate you having me on. And like you say, we've known each other since I uh, first approached the chamber in Brunswick, uh, in the Brunswick area. And I uh, look forward to being on the show and, and, and sharing with everybody. Yeah, you were so cool when we met because you sat down and we said, well, so what do you do? Man, I am just trying to start a a, a, a dog thing. We're going to talk Doggy about what it daycare, is. Doggy daycare, yeah. It was like, <laughs> you're, you're just going to start it? You know, and he, and you're like, yeah, we're just going to start it. And then I, I was just thrilled then because I love entrepreneurism. I, I love going out and starting your own thing and doing your own thing. And, and you've been doing it. So doggy daycare, let's talk about that. What is Houndstown? And then we're going to get into the pressures that go with it. Yeah. Um, again, Houndstown is a fully interactive doggy daycare and over overnight boarding facility. Um, It is part of a franchise. So obviously uh, with a franchise system, something that was already established, uh, they're a 20-year-old franchise, but really just hit their kind of their their mark of growth here in the last four to five years. Uh, But yeah, I mean, we are all about um, the dogs and doing it for the dogs. And at the end of the day, um, it's it's literally just, uh, everybody looks at doggy daycare is all fun and there's a lot of fun to it, but there's also a lot of challenges, which we're going to touch on today. Yeah. And let's start, let's talk about that. How did you decide to, there's a lot of franchise opportunities. How did you decide to do doggy daycare Houndstown and what were the challenges starting up in a market where there was none, uh, before you just kind of landed there and went, let's talk about how did you decide to do it and, and take it from there? Yeah, so I had uh, 30 years of uh, sales experience uh, prior to uh, going down this road in corporate America, basically. And uh, unfortunately, in October of 2020, early COVID, after 14 years with a, a big Fortune 500 company, um, one day I woke up to the infamous email that um, a lot of people in corporate America yep. wake up to. And me and uh, 14 other senior sales executives were all told that our services were no longer needed, um, which 
probably for the five years before that, I had been telling my wife, I'm ready for something different. I had been doing the sales thing in corporate America for a long time. So over that time, I looked at a lot of different franchise concepts. I, I, I decided on pursuing a franchise just because, again, the fact that the business is already, it's a proven business model um, and you're, you're buying into you know business in a box in a way. Um, that's at least what I thought. Obviously, my eyes have been opened up to a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's not just turnkey, Roger? Yeah, huh? yeah. I mean, it, it, obviously, some of the more established ones, if you're buying um, a franchise that has thousands of locations, Locations. It probably sure. is a lot of turnkey, but in my case, I was the 30th location to open in June of last year, and um, yeah, there there was a there was a box there, but there were some parts of the box missing. But again, that's yep. not a that's not a hit. Again, Houndstown is a great brand, um, and so yeah, after a lot of due diligence, early COVID, um, everybody was adopting dogs. Dogs were hanging out at home, and then over the last year and a half, two years, people have had to start going back to uh, work. And dogs are uh, dog, dogs need a place to hang out with fellow dogs, and that's what we're all about. Yeah, yeah. And so, how did that go about? You chose Houndstown. That's the thing that I'm 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 most interested in. I could open up a a, a Romeo's Pizza, or I could open up a, a whatever the different franchises are. And people know the brand, and they know the name, and they know the product. Doggy daycare isn't something that everybody does, and Houndstown is not a well known name. You had just left corporate America. How did you decide to take on that challenge of the kind of uh, anonymous start from scratch type franchise? Yeah. So again, I mean, I I grew up in a uh, right next to a dog kennel. Believe it okay. or not, um, grew up next to a dog kennel in a golf course. And again, my my prior life was um, basically in 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 golf. So kind of uh, you know the combination of both things. I uh, we always had dogs in in and around the house. And again, when I started looking at different concepts, definitely dogs was something that came to the top as far as something that there's a, a lot of growth in that industry. We're taking care of our dogs a lot different than we did 10 and 15 years ago, quite honestly, especially um, those of us that have our kids already out of the house. We're spoiling the heck out of them or the younger generation that, you know, in their 20s and 30s that haven't started families yet. Um, dogs are part of their family. Yeah. And so that's the purpose. You've got love for dogs. You've got an opportunity to serve uh, something that you love and, and know a little bit about. And so you chose this. Now let's talk about pressure, because as soon as you got it, it I mean, uh, unless you just opened it up and the world was all bright and sunshiny, you know, that's fine. Yeah. That's one story. <laughs> but, what, but what really happened? Let's let's start from the beginning. Yeah, there's 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 pressures every day. I mean, and in, in, in again, at the beginning, the pressures were there. Obviously, um, you 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 set all of your plans out. You 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 have a uh, pro forma set up, thinking again again how the business you think it's going to go, and, yeah. and 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 some of it went that way. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, the pressure is it's like how do we get to profitability, knowing that's going to take a little bit of time. But it took longer than anticipated. Um, fortunately, we are 16 months in and we are making a little bit of money, um, but it's an expensive business. Again, I mean, I, I, I enjoy teaching my team. Um, I, I have no problem sharing the, the numbers with them because they're, they're miffed that I've not paid myself yet here 16 months into the business. You know, I pay them every two weeks and, uh, you know, it's an eye opener for them. I think it really is a, a good thing to share with your team, your team members about the business. Let them know where things stand. And at the same time, you co-own this with your wife. And so I'm interested. You, you, you said, honey, 
this is going to be profitable in X amount of days, X amount of months, and then it's not. And 16 months later, you're fine. But at that point, was there some concern? Was there some doubt? Did you feel like maybe this wasn't the right idea? But how did that go when it wasn't going as planned? Oh, yeah. There's, there's been plenty of uh, days and, and nights when, when there was a lot of concern. Um, I bet. And, and definitely my wife was there to uh, pull me through those times because I, I, I can honestly say um, at different points I, I was questioning, you know, because obviously I've taken um, a lot of our retirement income to put towards this venture. And I, I do believe in the heart of hearts, everything happens for a reason. And uh, those challenging times only make us better. And, uh, and again, um, thank, thanks to my wife. She, she was there to support me through it all and is, is still there to support me through it all. But she put the trust in me. Um, truly, she's, she's just the sounding board in, in, in there to uh, work with the team as far as just uh, having some conversations uh, with the team. But the day-to-day, it's on me. And she just trusts the process. She trusts that um, you know, I have our best interests at heart. You know, we, we've already talked about the ending where we are currently. Things are going well. And so if you don't mind, I want to dig a little bit deeper in because I'm sure there's people out there that are trying to turn things around in their own lives, in their own businesses. Roger, can you remember back to a time, a specific story of when things looked really bad? I'm assuming that there might have been something. Can you remember that? Can you tell us about that, what that wall might have been and how you overcame it? Um, wow. Um, there are definitely a, a few that come to mind. Um, I think, I think this is what you're asking, but one in particular, uh, my wife and I were married very young. Um, we had a couple of young children and similar to the story I told earlier, um, I was asked to fly down to a company I work for and that particular company flew all of their sales team in and basically told us we're closing the doors in a couple of weeks. And here I am with a, with a, <laughs> a very young family and my wife, she was working part-time, but taking care of the kids. And I had to fly home and tell her that, you know, in, in all too, too soon a time, um, I'm not going to have a job. Uh, I basically went, 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 got to work, made some phone calls, connected with a, a very big company in the golf business, talked to that sales manager saying, hey, you know, what's going on? Here's what, where I'm at. Uh, that sales manager asked where I lived. I said, Ohio. He lived in Indianapolis. I said, what are you doing tomorrow morning? I want to meet you for coffee. And I got in my car and drove over, interviewed with, um, or that interview had a conversation. And then a couple weeks later, I was hired. Um, again, I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was yeah. certainly one that uh, turned out to be good. And so you've got some experience with this kind of thing, this kind of thing where things are going just fine and then they fall. And you keep on rolling and keep on churning. And I'm interested then, um, was there a time in the life of Houndstown when you started to realize, hey, okay, we've gotten through the tough times. We weren't making any money. We were taking from retirement fund. We were getting through this. I can actually see a little bit of light at the end of this tunnel. Was there? What was that moment like when you started to think, you know, this thing just might work? There's definitely a lot of times now over the last few months where things are things are happening on a day in day out basis, um, but it's still you know like like this week I'll use this week as an example. Our daycare yeah, numbers with the dogs are down. Like I'm scratching my head. You know we've we've done we've had 900 plus dogs come through the doors, and this week we have like around 20 every day for daycare. And some people okay. make th- might think that's a big number. It's not. I mean I, I need to have like 30 to 40 dogs minimum just to just again to pay the bills. And we're all scratching our heads like what is going on here now. At the same time, we're in Ohio. 
and the weather's been fantastic. It's been in the 70s. We're heading into fall. Um, so while I want the sun to keep shining, I can't wait for the bad, the, the, the worst weather because once it starts raining and getting cold, the dogs will be coming in. I have the faith they'll be they'll be coming in, but it's just, again, a lot of different dynamics. Yeah, and so somebody, a very wise person once told me, he said, God will give you a shovel, but you've got to dig your own hole. And 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 so faith works, and I know yes. it works. Yep. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it weren't for faith. So we know it's going to be okay, but what kind of things are you doing today to actually impact the change that needs to be happening so you can get from 20 dogs up to the 40 where you need to be? How do you make those daily decisions to impact the business when you're not quite sure whether it's a trend or not? How do you, how do you move forward sometimes? Yeah, again, with some of that, Part of being in a franchise is rely on some of those people in-house that that's what they do every day. You know, we have an established marketing team um, in, in following some of the scripts that they, you know, they, they provide as far as here's what we should be doing in these situations. Now, at the same time, I'll, I'll push back at them because I'm like, I've been following that script and here we are and why isn't this going on? And that's where I will take it to the local level. Um, doing some of the things just from experience, knowing that interacting with whether it's um, – uh, you know, groomers or veterinarians or other things in the area and connecting with them. And just, you know, again, um, I, all we do is doggy daycare boarding in baths. So I can refer my dog customers to groomers and vice versa, vets, that type of stuff. So taking it at a local level, which I think imp is very impactful as well. And so I know there's a lot of pressure in what you do because you've got dogs. I love dogs. Dogs are a pain in the but, but I, I, I will always have one. Um, and so we're gonna talk about that a little bit. I'm interested too, though, from a small business point of view, from a new business point of view, employment. Employment is hard. It's hard to find the right team. It's hard to find a team that'll stick with you. It's hard to find people that want to work sometimes. Um, and I know your business must be labor intensive. Let's talk about some of the issues when it comes to employment. Yeah, without, without question, probably the biggest uh, challenge uh, to date um, in one of my blind spots, I would say, as I went into opening the doggy daycare business is, um, you know, I, I've got a great team in place now, but it took probably a good eight to 10 months to get the right team um, mm. in in. That could be some of that point the finger at me. And at the same time, it's just understanding we're, we're in a different age um, and there's a lot of good young workers out there and there's others that just don't seem to want to work. Um, and I would scratch my head and follow all the processes I've been taught to interview um, you know, potential candidates and made some moves. And most of those worked out at first, but some of those didn't last very long. And trying to give, especially, I mean, when the, the outsider looking in thinks doggy daycare, oh, all you do is play with dogs. That's the farthest thing from the truth. I mean, again, from the from our side, when we're taking care of the dogs, that's that's what we're doing. We're caring for the dogs. We're not playing playing with the dogs. And that's, I guess, what some of my employees um, didn't understand, that that's not what we're there for. And, and we are also there to work. We're not there to just be on our phones and um, and, and collect the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Say on the rule, only decision makers can get other people to make decisions. Each and every day, we have a decision to make. Also, when we're with buyers in our sales process, we have a decision to make how we're going to lead that interaction. And if I'm somebody that can make daily commitments and keep those daily commitments, then when I'm with buyers, I expect them to make commitments and keep those commitments to me throughout that sales process. So first and foremost, I have to have a decided heart in order to lead other people to make the decisions that I'm expecting them to make.
Yeah, and so you worked in a in a position where you didn't have to hire. You were in sales and doing things on your own. And now all of a sudden you're doing something you've never done before. A lot of problems with small business and small business owners is that we're good at one thing or we're passionate about one thing, but we don't know how to do all of the things, the accounting and the hiring and the HR and the legal and the everything, right? Um, what did you learn? What were you able to impact or do maybe a little bit differently that's allowed you to create a team that's strong and viable for you moving forward? I think people will learn a little bit from you on that. Yeah, again, from each of those hires and the situations that presented themselves where there was a, you know, a, a decision that we're parting ways or quite honestly, a few times just being ghosted and an employee doesn't show up, just learning from those and trying to be more interactive with, with, my, with, with my employees and letting them know from the get-go, like, hey, you're not going to hurt my feelings if during this interview process you, you figure out this isn't for you. Let's decide that early versus late or um, at the same time and trusting my team members who have been with me now for a while and letting them take on some of the more responsibilities because you hit on it. Um, at first, I'm every, I, I, I was doing it all. Um, we all did and, it. <laughs> and, and thinking, yeah. and, and quite honestly, thinking that I had to do it all. Um, and, and at first, probably I did, but, but understanding that some of these things now, uh, my team is more than capable of handling, and I just need to step away, especially as we head here um, towards at some point, hopefully in the next six to 12 months, opening location number two and, and having the confidence that my team can handle um, most of the day-to-day stuff and I can work, work on the business versus working in the business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've talked with a lot of business owners and sometimes I get a little perturbed because they say no one wants to work and no one can work. And that's not true. Like it's on us as employers to find the people who want to be leaders that want to impact growth and want, they're out there, but we have to change sometimes our ways uh, and our expectations and setting those. And it sounds like you're doing that. I'm interested when you, when you're talking to empl- potential employees now, do you give them the sense that, Hey, I'm looking for leaders. I'm not just looking for a warm body. I want someone that wants to be here. And is that helping you? Yeah, it, um, what we have is we have what we have, a, a, a step program. So someone comes in as a kennel attendant and then explain to them the ways they can work themselves up the ladder. Yeah. And yeah. I I present that to every one of the people that come through the door. And fortunately, now I have a couple um, that want to become leaders, want to be store managers, want to help me build this business. And those are the things that are exciting because, again, not only do I want to build a, a lasting legacy for my family, my kids, my kids' kids, um, hopefully here in Northern Ohio with Houndstown, um, but provide the opportunity for some, for maybe one of my employees that maybe without me, they wouldn't have been able to, to be an owner of a business. And I mean, I'm open to that as we continue to grow. Um, and, and, and again, some of my, my, my team members, that's what they want to do. They're all about taking care of the dogs, um, wanting to be in that business that they prefer to do that than, than working with humans. And uh, that's what we're there for. Yeah, you just got to reach out and let them know that they're valued and they're respected. I think that's the way to, to, to get it done. Maybe it seems simplistic, but congratulations to you on kind of figuring that out. Now let's talk about dogs. Yep. Because here's the, here's the thing. Customer service is everything. A customer comes in, they have an impression, and they leave. And either they're going to come back or they're not, right? And yet, you, you don't have a whole lot of control <laughs> over what these dogs do. And, or maybe you do. I'm interested. How, what's it like on a daily basis working with dogs? And what are the pressures that come in to make sure your customers are satisfied? 
Yep. Again, at the end of the day, our customer is the dog. Um, you know, I mean, our our customers have humans, but our customer is our dog. Are are the dogs? Um, we that. have to look. We have to look at everything from about eighteen inches off the ground because that's that's where that's where the dog's perspective is and the way we set up our facilities, that type of stuff. But but yeah, I mean. Um, Dog management is is very difficult. It can be challenging. It can be nerve wracking at times. Um, but the good news is is that we we bring every dog that comes through the front door has to go through an evaluation process. Um, most of those dogs do do pass that evaluation. But we're we're just looking for aggression. Obviously, we're full interactive play. Um, so the dogs have to be able to get along with other dogs. We have. 7,700 square foot of space, and we have different packs. Um, so we put dogs in the packs by size, temperament, and play style. Um, and then once we get them in the packs, we let dogs be dogs. And again, most of the time, it all goes well. But all it takes is a dog to be having a bad day. Um, just like humans, dogs can have bad days. Um, and when that happens, we need to be there to intercede, figure out um, if we just need to move a dog from one pack to the other. Or um, again, unfortunately, in some situations, dogs that maybe have been great with us for four to six months or whatever the timeline may be, um, just end up not enjoying their time there um, and become a, a, a dog that doesn't work in what we do. And we'll have to ask the pet parent at that point that, you know, it's probably, a, probably, probably not the right environment for your dog and ask them to, you know, not bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, what's, what's the hardest thing if you had to ask yourself or your, your employees, what's the hardest thing about working with dogs? That they can't actually talk and tell us exactly what they're thinking. <laughs> Boy, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Now, no, now, I, I was going to say that's a little like marriage, but I decided not to say that because. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it is interesting. Again, I I. Yes, I had my own personal dogs, um, family dogs growing up, that type of stuff. But, um, you know, I by no means have had years and years of dog training going through the franchise process. We had, you know, we, we did some in-depth dog stu study and that type of stuff to understand temperament and, and all those types of things. But it truly is, um, ha as time has passed, interesting to see that we can literally pick up those reads and tells that dogs give off knowing when there might be a, a, a situation where they've been great, but they're ready to ready to pounce or do something. Um, again, that wouldn't be good for the other dogs. And in in, in, or as we call them, we, we, we call them townies. They're not dogs or townies. It's Houndstown nice. and they're, they're fellow townies. I like that. I like that. Roger, normally in this part of the show, I ask about pressures that are coming and I, and I may still get to that, but I'm interested in a little bit different take with you. We've talked a lot about pressure. You're now at a spot where you're starting to make a little bit of money and things are starting to look bright. I'm wondering what you're most excited about. After all the heart, you really wanted this, this turnkey operation. It wasn't as easy to get started as you thought. It was a little rocky at times, maybe even worse than that. Now it's starting to run. What are you most excited about moving forward? Um, probably two things. One would be definitely getting that second location uh, up and running. I'm not afraid to go after it. Um, I want to bring Even it after again. everything you've been through. You're still ready to go after the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, again, yeah. I'm, a I'm a sales guy. I'm hungry. Um, yeah, I, I I'm hungry. And, and I know that some of the challenges that we had in location number one, I'll learn from and, and won't make those mistakes again. And I also know that the community, again, I'm the first locations in Brunswick. I live about 40 minutes away from there in Avon. Um, I've lived in Avon for over 30 years. And I know that this community right around where I live um, 
is in need of of this product. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna not be as you know, before I was in a I, I needed to get something open. I just had lost my job. I had been downsized out of a company after 14 years. Um, so maybe I, I I rushed to find the location again. It's a good location and everything's working out fine. But I know this marketplace up where I live is is ready for what we do here at Houndstown. Yeah, and so all the experience that you've gained, all the hard times you've been through, and all the pressure that you've had, your purpose is outliving that, and you're gaining this experience so that you can make the next best decisions, uh, and they're going to be good ones moving forward. And that does sound exciting, and I'm excited for you. Um, if someone wanted to talk to you, either if they wanted to bring their dog and find out more about that, or if they wanted to talk to you, maybe even about entrepreneurial issues, or what, you know, maybe they're going through some of the same things because I know they're out there. How would they reach out to you to talk to you? Yeah, two ways. I would say, obviously, on LinkedIn, um, from a from just reaching out, wanting advice, um, business, uh, franchise, that type of stuff. When it comes from the dogs, definitely look us up, Houndstown, Cleveland, Brunswick, or just Houndstown, Brunswick. Just do a Google search. You'll find us. Again, we're the only one in Northeast Ohio right now. Um, and then, you know, just throw out there a little plug for the business. Uh, we give everybody your first day free um, to come in and check us out. Again, um, we do. It's all about the dogs. We do it for the dogs, but we got to have the the human in the uh, in the in the mix also um, like what we do. So we have them come in, check out our facility while we work with the dog, and then we give the dog a free day of daycare so that the, so that the the human can see what the dog is like after that day of daycare. And at the end of the day, we send them home with what we call the Houndstown hangover. They've had a great day of play. They come home and they <laughs> crash and mom and dad are happy about that because they don't have to entertain the dog as much. I love that. The Houndstown hangover. Hey, there's, there's people out there. Last question, Roger. There's people out there that are thinking about change. There's a lot of change in the world. There's a lot of change in, in, in the economy and they're thinking about franchises. What's the one piece of advice you would give someone who's thinking about starting a franchise? I would just have faith in the process, do your due diligence. And, and, and again, at the end of the day, I've said it a couple of times during our conversation, everything in life happens for a reason. Sometimes you might question that, but just have the faith that it's all going to turn out all right in the end. I love that. That is almost the definition of this show, purpose under pressure. We have a purpose and there's going to be pressure. We've got to, we've got to persevere. And I really appreciate Roger more than anything else. I appreciate your willingness to share your story, the uncomfortable times. Uh, and I know it's still uncomfortable, but being able to talk about what you're going through now, I know is motivating for others. And I really do thank you for being a guest on our show. Well, I appreciate your time as well. Thank you. That's Roger Brzezenko. He's the owner of Houndstown. If you've got dogs in the Brunswick area or northern Cleveland area, uh, you know, check out Houndstown. They've got room for your dog and they've got other dogs to play with those dogs and they're going to take care of you on a daycare overnight boarding basis. So check them out. That is uh, Houndstown right in Brunswick. And that's Roger. He's my guest on Purpose Under Pressure. It's brought to you by the Ruby Group Sandler Sales Training. Sellers are under pressure to perform. Sandler helps you succeed on purpose, so give them a ring. You will find all past episodes of Purpose Under Pressure at brianmediastrategies.com slash podcast and wherever you stream your podcasts. We do this once a week, every week, and we will see you next time on Purpose.